This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, the North Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch, and by Bonded Lock and Key. Today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we are honored to have Eric Thorson join us. He's the Acting Big Game Program Leader. He's out of the uh, Park Rapids, one of the Park Rapids offices. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Yep, thanks for having me. So you are the Acting Big Game Program Leader. What does that mean? Um, so I'm kind of involved with um, everything related to population management and hunting seasons for um, you know deer primarily, but also elk and, and get involved in some moose issues as well. But primarily deer here in the state of Minnesota. Okay, so so deer and secondarily elk and moose would be what's considered big game in this state. Yes, correct. Yep. Okay. So, um, so cervids. Um, so not uh, not wolves or bears, but uh, ungulates or cervids. So deer, moose, and elk. Okay. Well. Deer is what it's all about in this state, no question about it. <laughs> uh, and we just put together a 10-year uh, deer management plan. Tell us about the process that the DNR went through to put this together. Yeah, it was a pretty exhaustive process. It was about a, a two-year effort on, on behalf of the Department of Natural Resources. Um, started and you know took public input at regional meetings um, throughout the state to identify key issues. Um, and then our commissioner um, authorized the formation of a deer management plan advisory committee or DIMPAC group you might have um, heard of in, in as a about a 20-member citizen advisory group that provided recommendations to DNR. So they met monthly for um, about a year, um, kind of uh, learning everything there was to know about uh, deer management and, and providing recommendations um, to, to the section of wildlife to write and, and develop a plan. Um, we had the draft of the plan and had it out for public input here this past spring. Um, you know, looked at those public comments and incorporated um, comments from the, that we received and then finalized our plan here in the summer. And so I'll guide our our deer management uh, statewide here for the next 10 years. Um, so it's a, a was a big undertaking and, and included a lot of staff and, and um, certainly talked to a lot of stakeholders, organized groups, um, you know, anybody that had a, a stake in deer and tried to incorporate their um, thoughts and, and ideas into our, our deer management plan. Now, every part of the state's different, but are the goals the same? Yeah, that was one of the challenges um, with the plan. You know, we've never had a, a statewide, you know, strategic plan before. In the past, we've always managed um, at, at smaller um, spatial scales, the deer management um, areas or, or deer permit areas. Um, so we have a, about 130 of those across the state, and we have um, individual population goals for each one of those units and try to manage um, for those those goals by adjusting the hunting season um, bag limits and, and regulations on an annual basis. Um, so we'll continue to do that, you know, manage at those smaller sp- spatial scales and, and talk with local folks, but this is a, a, a plan that provides kind of more strategic direction on how we prioritize our, our activities and, and resources um, and where we should put our effort um, into related to deer management over the next 10 years. Now, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things you were, you were focusing on. Um, what, what basically, I mean, is there any way you can just uh, whittle it down to one clear idea, or is, is it a much more complex than that? Um, it's pretty compl- complex, but, I mean, one of the main um, 
um, goals is really really to, for us to be more transparent and to provide more information and um, have more engagement of um, stakeholders, including deer hunters, so they're more involved in our, our management decisions and, and feel like they have the information um, that they're looking for. Um, so that was really a focus of, of the plan is to, you know, do a better job communicating with uh, citizens across the state to, um, in regards to, to deer and deer management and, and help help them feel like they're part of the process and and uh and do some more s- surveys and and kind of um identify you know satisfaction levels and that type of thing so we're trying to you know conti- continuously improve our, our deer management program so it uh, is uh, supported by by most uh, folks here in the state so based on this this two-year process what are you hearing what do the people of minnesota want um a wide variety of things um as and that's you know, that makes so it even more challenging Yes, it does. I mean, there are some common themes. Um, people are certainly interested in having a healthy deer population disease-free, so that was one of the primary um, goals and, and um, um, focus of, of the plan is, you know, especially related to chronic wasting disease and, and keeping our wild deer herd um, free of the disease or trying to stamp it out where it does um, pop up. Um, so that was a, a real uh, priority. You know, a lot of interest in population management in the state, you know, making sure that we have a, a good process for um Determine what the goal should be in a particular area, and a lot of uh, focus around our, our population model and how we estimate uh, deer numbers um, throughout the state, and making sure we're using the best available data to, to do that. Um, and also a healthy habitat um, to make sure that we have adequate habitat, you know, across the state, especially in our farmland um, uh, areas, and also you know in our forested areas, making sure we have adequate winter cover to support a, 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 a healthy deer herd um, through through more severe winters. So. Um, those are some of the the main things that we heard from from people, um, but there is a a variety wide variety of opinions um, across the state when it comes comes to deer, especially when it uh, as it relates to regulations. You know, I know there are plenty of people. Most of the hunters I know, they definitely want you know they want to get uh, some some venison in their freezer every year. But then there are those they want that thirty point buck. Is there a way to do both of those things? Um, that's a challenge. I mean, mo- most people want to see more and bigger deer and, and, and more and, and bigger bucks, but the challenge is um, coming up with a, a regulation um, that the majority of hunters or, or um, folks will support. Um, you know, most people ultimately won't want that goal, but there's a lot of ways to go to get there, and it takes some compromise and, and um, some more restrictive regulations in a lot of cases to, to get there, and, and there's not really consensus or majority support for any one particular um, set of regulations. So that what, that's what makes it challenging. But, um, you know, most people are looking to see um, a good number of deer off their stand, put something in, in the freezer, and you know, if there's an opportunity for a, a larger buck, you know, they, they certainly appreciate that as well. If you had to pick the one biggest challenge to deer management right now, what would it be? Um, you know, just uh, the, all the issues related to chronic wasting disease, mm-hmm. I think, um you know, right now we're having some challenges in, in the southeastern part of the state. You know, it, it, it popped up here a couple of years ago. You know, it had some a lot of a lot of press and in support uh, early on for um, managing that disease and, and trying to get rid of it. And now, um, you know, it, it's a lot of private land down there, and I think people have seen. You know, maybe it's not a big concern, or there's um, not 
there's some not so factual information out there um, about the long term effects of CWD, and so um, you know um, some people are kind of putting their heads in the sand a little bit and, not, and thinking that oh it's not really a big problem, it's not a long term problem. But other studies out west and, and what we're seeing in Wisconsin, you know, we're just trying to um, communicate with the uh, folks here in Minnesota that hey, this is something that we need to take seriously and be aggressive early on and, and really work to um, get rid of it or, or prevent its spread. And uh, so that's one of the the main. Um, Sources of concern right now is um, just trying to, to be aggressive and kind of keep the pressure on and, and conti- continuing to um, manage the disease and, and try to get rid of it. What does it actually do? Um, it's, an, it's an always fatal um, neurological disease in deer. It, it takes a while um, um, to incubate, and, and so we just see it in older deer, especially older bucks. Um, but it's always a, a fatal disease, and so no, no good can come from it. Um, I know Wisconsin um, DNR is doing a pretty extensive study in, in their state and the radio collaring deer, and um, you know find that the mortality rate of um, CWD positive deer, you know, they can do a, a live test, um, is uh, is like three times higher than than. Uh, healthy wild deer so it's a, a real concern you know you don't always see you know dead deer or, or um, see the effects but um, they are they are seeing it with a radio colored study in wisconsin of uh, cwd positive deer so it's uh, something to be concerned about and and um, and we need hunter support to do that and landowner support what are some of the things hunters and landowners can do to to help this uh, first of all you know um, hunters um uh following regulations um and uh, submitting um, their deer um, for CWD testing um, when we're, when they're asked to do so. We had some larger testing areas in north-central Minnesota and central Minnesota last year, um, surveillance testing around some captive cervid facilities that had positive um, game, game farm deer. And uh, so hunters were very supportive and, and provided the samples um, of the adult deer that they harvested the first two days of the firearm season. So that was great to have that cooperation and able to test that num- number of deer. Um, you know, landowners, you know, allowing deer hunters on their on their property and then, you know, if there is a disease outbreak like there is in the southeast, you know, to um, reduce the deer density, you know, kind of a short-term pain for long-term gain is, is kind of the idea. So, um, you know, kind of trust the, the science and, and, um, and, and follow the recommendations of the DNR so we can um, hopefully get rid of the disease and, and not have to deal with it long-term. Okay. Um, I know that um, it's primarily in the southeast, correct? Correct. Yep, that's the only place that we have any any known CWD in, in our wild deer herd now is in permit area six hundred three in far southeastern Minnesota. And so we will, we have not seen that boundary move any direction. It's pretty much still exactly where it was in the past. Um, yeah, it was the same as, as last year, um, you know, and we're kind of waiting to see our, the results of our CWD um, study down there. We've, we collared a number of deer down there, especially juvenile deer, um, seeing how they disperse and how they move throughout that landscape, and then also waiting for additional test results. We already had one um, positive deer that was uh, shot, I think, on the opening weekend of archery season this year. Um, so just seeing where those um, additional positive deer come in and, and how deer move in that landscape before we make adjustments to our disease management zone um, down there, um, but uh, right now, kind of keeping it as is and, and kind of monitoring the situation, waiting for some more information to come in. Okay. Overall, uh, as you look at the the statewide picture, um, we've already discussed the CWD situation. What would your assessment be of our deer population, A, B, C, if you were to give it a letter grade? Yeah, I think we're we're at an A um, okay. for a lot of deer hunters around the state, and um, we've 
have pretty abundant uh, deer populations um, across most of the state. We've, um, I think, by most measures, um, kind of fully recovered from the, the hard back-to-back winters that we had in, in northern Minnesota in 2012 and 13, 13, 14. Um, and so we had some conservative deer regulations um, following um, those uh, hard winters and allowed the deer herd to bounce back. And, and uh, so we have pretty pretty healthy deer population and, and strong deer numbers um, going into this fall hunt. Okay, um, and I know that uh, that the you know uh, the regulations differ depending on what zone you're in, and there's a, there's a ton of different zones uh, even within the, you know one part of the state. Um, but what are some of the opportunities uh, that that'll be available to some hunters this year, anyway? Yeah, so we have you know uh, um, more hunters' choice areas. Um, so that's the kind of the brown areas on the map where you're allowed to shoot a, a deer of either sex on your on your regular license. Um, so it provides more options for hunters. So we have more of those uh, permit areas around the state, and then more uh, managed and intensive permit areas. So the the red and the green areas, and and there you're allowed to take or use bonus permits to harvest additional antlerless deer. Um, so it just provides more options. Um, for deer hunters, um, and uh, and then also, you know, antlerless permits. We generally have more antlerless permits um, available in, in lottery areas, and uh, those lottery results are out. So folks should have received their postcard if they were had applied and were successful in the lottery, or they could check uh, that online as well um, to see what the results are. But basically, you know, more opportunities to to take uh, take deer um, across mo- much of the state. A lot more deer talk with Eric Thorson coming up. Plus, we talk a little fishing, too, with Carl Adams of Timberline Sports and Black Duck. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by Bond and Black and Key and DS Beverages. Don't forget, there are a number of ways to hear Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, of course, live on the air. We are at every Thursday at 1240 during high noon on KBUN-FM 104.5 and 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on the Bun 2.0 as well. You can also check out each episode on our website, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors or subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One or iTunes. Eric Thorson, the Minnesota DNR's acting big game coordinator, my guest today. As I was looking at the uh, the list of things you, you're hoping to do, uh, deer management funding is one of the things on the list. Um, and that uh, I, I probably comes down to tax dollars, I'm guessing. Um, what, you know, most of uh, our deer management funds come from you know deer license revenue. Oh, oh right, right. Yep, yep. You know, we I, I think we you know we have made some requests for um, you know bonding dollars or or general general funds to assist with our CWD um, sampling work because it's a an expensive endeavor and 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 uh, we don't think that deer hunters should bear all of that burden. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the vast majority of our uh, um, funding comes from um, license sales and then also um, you know tax on sporting goods you know through Pittman Robertson um, federal reimbursement so um, so supported by hunters. Are you getting the funding you need? Um, we could always use um, additional funder, funding. You know, one one concern of ours is um, you know the, our hunter numbers are, are slipping as our 
populations age. You know, a lot of our hunters are baby boomers and are kind of aging out of the, the hunting population, and we're always trying to recruit new hunters and, and uh, through youth hunts and, and special programs. But uh, there's a lot of um, demands for their time and attention these days, so it's uh, difficult to, to um, um, replace all the o- older hunters that are aging out with uh, younger generations. So that's something that uh, the Section Wildlife and, and others are, are real concerned about and, and working hard um, towards uh, maintaining our, our hunter numbers and, and having you know a good hunting base is important for, for funding um, wildlife management in the future, but, but also for helping manage deer populations across the state. Well, I hear that from the, uh, for the fishing guys as well. Uh, that's a big concern of theirs, too. Uh, have you seen an actual decline in hunting numbers in the last few years? Yeah, I think uh, looking at some numbers, like in uh, between 2000 and, and 2015, I think it's mentioned in the plan that you know we had about 15% less of, of Minnesotans, um, you know, buying uh, deer hunting licenses. Um, so the the percentage of the population that you know is uh, purchasing deer hunting licenses is dropping. You know, we've been able to maintain hunter numbers um, pretty well, especially for deer hunting. Um, you know, there's been some um, more drop-offs in, in duck hunting or, or other small game hunting, but uh, been able to maintain deer hunter numbers fairly well, but there has been a, a slow, gradual um, decline, and expecting that will kind of accelerate as, uh, you know, the baby boomers kind of age out of out of, out of hunting. So um, mm-hmm. certainly that can concern when you look at the demographics and, and kind of the average age of our hunters. Have I mean, you're involved in this. This is your career, and I'm assuming that hunting uh, was a big part of your life. Uh, most people that I talk to in, in this field, that hunting and or fishing, um, it's something that was really key to them growing up. That's correct. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Minnesota deer hunter. I, I loved archery hunt, loved to hunt during the regular firearm season, and, and I'm a muzzleloader hunter as well. So I... I uh, it would be nice if I, I got out a little earlier in the season when it's nicer, but it seems like I always get out in, in October and, and hunt through um, November and into December. So probably out there when I should be fishing, um, ice fishing. But <laughs> I, I really enjoy really enjoy hunting and, and like to go across the state and, and use a variety of, you know, have a bunch of different experiences and try to hunt with different people. So I'm going to the Camp Ripley Archery Hunt here um, Thursday and Friday this week, and, and we'll be hunting there. And so that's uh, fun to do, and so I like to... Um, get across the state, and, and uh, we have a, have a lot of great opportunities here in the state of Minnesota. I know there's, uh, like you said, a lot of different uh, things vying for, you know, younger people's attention and time now. Is there anything that's standing out to you that, that seems to be a key to why we're not seeing those numbers anymore? Um. You know, it, it's um, you know want to provide good opportunities for youth. We're trying to provide more opportunities in the form of special hunts. You know, we got the youth season coming up in you know northwestern Minnesota and southeastern Minnesota. You know, over this four-day MEA weekend, so encourage youth to get out there. So you know, certainly access to, to hunting land. Um, you know, some you know having a, a good mentor. You know, to bring them out and get them introduced to the sport and kind of stick with them. Um, you know. More than just you know, uh, kind of one and done. It takes uh, you know, taking them out a few times and having some success, um, and uh, you know, and making sure they are have a good experience when they're out in the field. Um, so there's a 
you know, but it, there's a lot of fall fall sports activities and and other things, uh, screen time. <laughs> Kids yeah. like to play video games and that kind of thing these days. So um, just try to make it fun and 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 try to find some success early on and have good good mentors is really a, a key to getting participation up. I know with my own um, son, my oldest son, um, I turned him into a deer hunter last year. So we did a variety of things and he had some success. And you now I think he'll be a lifelong deer hunter. So it, it takes some some time and effort on on the. Um, on our part as parents or guardians or, or um, adult mentors um, to get kids out there and, and get started and, and, and help them stick with it. Is cost a factor as far as you can tell? Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on, on, on how you choose to hunt or what kind of hunt you have, but there, I think, there's some programs to help um, with equipment and and, um, and that type of thing. So, you know, archery in the schools, you know, folks, get, folks started shooting early and, and um, you can, you know, Hopefully, get to borrow equipment or get used equipment. Um, so, but that can be an issue um, for some folks is the, the kind of the equipment costs and, and getting started. But um, if you're if there's a if there's a will, there's a way, I guess, that yeah. on, um, on getting started and and um, getting equipment to start. Let's talk a little you know, bit. Need the fanciest and and right. most up to date. That's a fact. Yep. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the other uh, aspects of the big game program. Uh, a little bit on moose. Um, we don't. Uh, we are limited to how much moose we have in areas that actually have moose in this state, are we not? Yeah, um, you know, you're probably well aware of the population crash that mm-hmm. occurred in the northwestern uh, moose population, and we were seeing that in the northeastern um, part of the state in the Arrowhead um, region. So our last state moose season was in 2012. Um, we continue to do annual um, population surveys um, and kind of monitoring that population. And it's kind of stabilized at a lower level now, but we have not had a, a state moose season since uh, 2012. And um, about two years ago, we realigned some of the deer permit areas up in the northeastern part of the state to kind of follow the primary moose range. And so now we're going to try, you know, as, as many folks are aware, you know, high high deer densities are detri- detrimental to, to moose because of brainworm and, or P. tenuous. Um, so it uh, can cause issues um, for moose. So try to um, you know manage the deer population at the at the lower goal levels um, that we have in, in in the Arrowhead region, and, and try to kind of tip the balance um, to favor moose um, in in those areas. So um, certainly continuing challenges with moose. We you know made some pretty large investments with uh, moose research there, and there's a lot of interest in in moose in northeastern Minnesota. So. Tr- Trying to provide them the habitat they need, um, so hopefully the population will recover and and uh, and we can compensate for kind of some of the challenges that the um, individual moose have. That that is a bit of a challenge when you um, when deer are affecting the moose in a negative way, and there's plenty of deer fans, and then there's some moose fans. That it, talk about conflicting uh, goals there. Yes, yep, it is certainly a, a challenge. Um, I think uh, you know. Um, Hunters up in that part of the world, you know, some some are uh, big fans of moose, and and you know, wolves are always part of the conversation in northeastern Minnesota, and and um, you know, but right now our our, our current uh, deer population goals in those areas are, are are fairly low, and and we've had a little bit more liberal strategy here um, the last couple years, trying to uh, kind of keep the the pressure on the antlerless deer up there, and and uh, allow. Um, hopefully for the moose population to recover, at least to, to stabilize at, at the current level. But it is a controversial topic, you know, especially when you talk to, to certain groups and, and certain individuals. But we're trying to get better information and, and uh, hopefully uh, keep keep moose in, in the state of Minnesota. What is the elk story in Minnesota? 
Yeah, um, so that's, uh, we just uh, finished up with uh, the last uh, elk uh, season in northwestern Minnesota. So we had three seasons this year, um, so there was a, a bit of a, um, uh, there were, it was an elk collaring study in, in northwestern Minnesota to better understand how those elk use that landscape, and, and of course there are some issues with crop depredation and, and um, um, up there, so we're, we have uh, management plans and, and population goals for that uh, those elk populations up there. So we were, since we were kind of uh, conservative with regulations there for a few years to make sure that our collared elk um, didn't get shot or um, or could remain on the landscape, we had a, a pretty liberal season um, this year um, with uh, you know higher um, permit numbers and 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 allowing more alleles elk to be harvested. So we had a, a you know a, a pretty successful elk season and hopefully brought the, the the elk population closer to the population goals that have been prescribed in our in our management plans there. But um, it's a great resource and. In northwestern Minnesota, there's been some issues with the regular herd, the long-standing um, herd we've had, um, but uh, the the two populations further north um, in, in Kitson County and, and the one that goes across between Minnesota and Manitoba have been very healthy and, and uh, really some uh, impressive bulls in, in that herd and, and really magnificent animals to see out on the landscape. So um, quite a resource here in northwestern Minnesota um, for um, and and uh, I think, uh, more people in the in the state I, I should should recognize how, how how great our resource is. Okay, how many people actually uh, hunt for elk? Um, there's a there's a, I think we had a record number of applications um, this year, um, but there's not that many permits that are available, um, and so there's not that you know it's a once in a lifetime hunt um, here in the state, kind of like our our moose season was. So um, and some uh, and folks are trying to draw you know a coveted bull tag or either sex tag so they can can harvest a bull, um, but we you know there's not that many folks that get to go elk hunting in Minnesota, and be, um, but it is uh, quite quite an uh, experience for those that do um, get drawn and have a number of folks that have been put in for a number of years hoping to draw a tag. Okay. Well, as we wrap it up, uh, based on what you were saying earlier, I, I think you're expecting a pretty good deer season this year? Yeah, you know, um, well, you know, one thing in our, our uh, new statewide deer plan is we have a 200,000 um, deer harvest objective, um, so that's what we're going to try to achieve on an annual basis. It might be like a three-year average, you know, understanding that populations fluctuate up and down and and we were pr- pretty close to that number last year 197,500 um statewide which is um pretty comparable to what we had in in the late 2000s when when deer numbers were pretty good and and uh you know with with a uh better deer herd this year and and more uh, more tags being available um expect that we should be over 200,000 um deer this year and and kind of looking at our archery harvest to date you know we're up about 15 percent statewide so seems to be tracking um in in that direction so we expect a, a better better harvest than last year and likely be over that 200,000 mark that that's identified in our statewide plan so 200,000 is your total number you want through archery firearm and muzzleloader yep yep through okay. all seasons that's yep. your, okay yep. Um, and and that's not a not a goal in the, in the plan. Um, our our goal is to manage for populations at the individual deer permit area levels, um, but uh, um, statewide, you know, we're we're also trying to we have a like a secondary check or target of, of two hundred thousand um, deer. Okay, Eric Thorson is the acting big game program leader. We've been talking uh, a lot about the deer management plan uh, and deer numbers and. Dear Challenges, uh, Eric, a lot of really good information there. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Yep, thanks for having me. Checking in with Carl Adams from Timberline Sports and Black Duck. Uh, he's not at Timberline right now because you, Carl, are taking advantage of a beautiful day and, and are out on the water. That is right. It's a beautiful day out. Oh, and compared to what we've had uh, most of this autumn, it's uh, it's absolutely perfect. It is. It is. This is the type of weather we all like in October, and we... We haven't got enough of it. <laughs> no, we haven't. But usually when the weather's lousy, that, that does tend to mean the uh, fall fishing's been pretty good. Has that been the case this year? It has been. It's been an excellent fall. I, I can't remember very many Octobers with a fish bit uh, very much better, but I also can't remember where the weather wasn't very nice. <laughs> no, the weather has been terrible. But, uh, yeah, like we say, that does make the fish a little more active this time of year. It does. Where have we been fishing? Well, Blackick has had a, a phenomenal bite all fall, really all summer, all spring, uh, and this fall has been stayed really, really good. So the walleye bite out there has been as uh, as good as any place around, um, and that's been where, where most of the time when I'm chasing walleyes, that's where I'm at. Okay, and would you put, I mean, this has to go up as one of the top years ever in the history of Black Duck Lake. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time for sure since we had any kind of bite like it like it's been this year. And, and this year we just had a really, really big year class of fish. Uh, but they, they seem to grow real fast, so they're bigger than they started off the year. And, and that bite's been, been excellent. I can't remember any years like it. So, What are we using to catch the fish right now? It's just jigging a minnow, and that's what we're seeing on most of the lakes. But uh, jigging, a, jigging a fathead minnow out on Blackdick, and you can, and you can find some walleyes. Pretty much anywhere, or are there some specific spots we should be looking at? You know, the, the, they're, start, it's, they, they're starting to get a little more uh, wind-driven. If the wind's blowing into a shoreline for a few days, they seem to hold on to that. Um, and it's still, they stay, stay shallow. They're in that uh, weed edge in like uh, 9 to 12 feet of water. Okay. Uh, how about red? How's that been? Red, we haven't had very nice weather for getting up there, mm-hmm. and, it, and it really hasn't been a great bite yet. I saw the, the DNR's uh, nets, uh, you know, and they, they, they actually, the, the population's been really good. It should be a phenomenal uh, winter, but uh, this fall, the way we haven't had good weather for fishing on red this fall. Yeah, that's, that is so um, dependent on not having too much wind, and we've had it way is. too much wind this fall. Yep. What about other lakes? Any other lakes that are producing right now? You know, there's guys out chasing uh, panfish on some of the, the, you know, the deeper lakes that have some have some crappies and, and just kind of finding them in the spots before the, uh, bef- you know, before ice. But those same type of spots where the where the crappies will all suspend out in deep water. Uh, there has been good bites on some of the big lakes. There just hasn't been a lot of a lot of traffic because of the weather. So it's uh, for us, it's been the guys going to, to the Lake of the Woods and the Rainy River, and that that bite's been excellent all fall. And uh, the guys that are uh, fishing out on Black because it's been a really good bite there. Okay, and uh, yeah, probably will continue. I would guess until uh, until it freezes over. Yep. Which uh, it, it, hopefully the weather stays like today and it won't be real fast. Otherwise, uh, otherwise the water temps are are down around forty, and it won't take very long for everything to start freezing up. I know you're pretty much uh, in in walleye territory. Um, there aren't that many that go out bass fishing. Uh, you have some musky anglers up there. We we see a lot of musky fishermen. This is that time of year where they where they start trolling. So a lot of guys are heading up into Canada. That's been a really good bite. Um, you know, and otherwise guys will drive down to to Cass and and Cass. I think has had a pretty good bite all year and 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 fishing some of that. But uh, 
they, the muskie fishermen are diehard, so we'll see them. But the the main spot I'm seeing guys go to is up on Lake of the Woods. Well, I would I'm not surprised by that. Um, looking ahead to uh, ice fishing season, I know everybody loves to go up to Red Lake. But how's Black Duck? Is that much of an ice fishing water? It, it can be real good. It it uh, it should be just because the pop you know the population's good and it's been a really good fall. I would be surprised if there isn't a good bite this. Uh, uh, this winter, uh, it's it's low light hours. It's not the it's uh, you know it's not where you can catch them all day long. You'll have to catch them just before dark or first thing in the morning. Uh, but it's a it's a good it's a good walleye lake even in the even in the winter. Uh, you're not probably going to catch limits like you do on red, but it can be pretty good and you get some bonus perch out there too. So okay, taking just an overall picture, just you know our whole Paul Bunyan country area. If we're going walleye fishing. Most of the lakes are going to be going pretty well, I would guess, and I, I would guess most of them would be pretty good if you're, if you're using jig and a minnow. And that's exactly right. This is that time of year where we're kind of at the peak time of the, time of the bite uh, if, if a guy can get out. So take advantage of any nice days we're going to have uh, coming up, and I don't know if we'll have a, very many as nice as today, but on the days that are, it's... Uh, this is the time of year to get out and fish them. Well, I know Timberline also uh, helps the hunters out there. What are you hearing from those who are out hunting right now? I'm finally starting to hear a few guys find some grouse. There's uh, the leaves have finally fell, and there's they're seeing a few. It's not quite as uh, good as we'd have liked, but uh, you know we've seen some of that. The duck hunting, I think, has been a a little above average, and the guys who are chasing deer are seeing a lot already. It looks like our population's uh, at least up a little bit, and there's some real nice bucks out there. So, okay. anybody get anything with a bow and arrow yet that you've heard? We we've had a few we've registered a few decent bucks already so there has been a few that have got, have got shot. All right, so uh, whatever you want to do out there, it's it's kind of happening right now. That is right. It's a beautiful time of year as long as we get nice weather. All right, Carl. We thank you for your time today. Good luck catching fish out there. Sounds good. Thanks, Kev. The South Dakota Stories, Volume One. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.